Hello and welcome to the She's Plant-Based podcast. If you are new here, my name is Autumn. I am the creator of She's Plant-Based. I'm active on Instagram and TikTok. I'm also a holistic health coach. I enjoy talking about things all health and wellness. Today's topic is my experience being on birth control and life after on and life after the pill. This has been a highly requested topic. Um, I haven't really fully opened up about my experience on birth control. I've talked a lot about on my page hormone health, but I want to dive a little bit deeper and kind of just share the reasons why I first went on the pill. I was on it for seven years, I was on it for a very long time, and my experience getting off of it, and I went through a period where I went off of it, then went on it, then went off of it, went on it, and now I've been off of it for about five years now, so... It's been great. It's the best thing that I've done for my body. You know, one of the best things that I've done for my body. And I've just found it to be very empowering to um, just really understand my body on a deeper level. And I feel like this is not taught. It's not talked about in school, which I find so odd and so strange because I really wish I knew these things growing up. And I just want to state a medical advice disclaimer before jumping into the the topic that I will be talking about today. But this information that I am sharing is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on today's episode. So now let's dive into it. So my number one reason for going on birth control was for my acne. I can do a different episode on my acne journey, but I started getting acne at a very young age. I want to say in middle school. My face wasn't so bad. It was more so acne mainly on my back and chest. And this was obviously something that was super embarrassing and made me feel self-conscious. This was in middle school, like I said. So In high school, many of my girlfriends were on the pill and several claimed that it improved their skin. I thought, wow, so easy. I can take a pill every single day at the same time and I'll get rid of my acne. I was tired of trying a million different products. I was even on Accutane. I have tried everything. During that time, I tried everything for my acne and nothing seemed to help and I just wanted it gone. I was young and obviously didn't do too much research on birth control and also because every other girl was on it, so I thought it was safe. Birth control is definitely one of the most popular ways to avoid pregnancy, so I was on it for this reason too. It just made me feel safe and I just do want to state that I know that there are some women that have to be on birth control, but I do think that it is overprescribed. And even just recently going to my gyno and I've been dealing with some, you know, um, issues around my um, hormone health and just the amount of times she's asked me if I wanted to go on birth control was absolutely insane and they really pressure you and push you and I've had doctors put me in really uncomfortable situations even when I got off the pill, um, they really pressured me to go on it and I stood my ground, I 
you know, spoke my truth and shared with them why I don't want to be on it and what I'm doing now. And if they don't like it, that's not my issue. These doctors are profiting off of you. You know, I know there's a lot of good doctors out there, so I'm not bashing on all of them. Um, But a lot of doctors just don't really care either. Um, And it's really unfortunate because some women don't even need to be put on birth control. There's alternatives. There's, you know, other solutions. So that was something that I definitely faced, even just going off of it and seeing my gynecologist that was pushed a lot. So I just wanted to kind of note that I just went on a little rant, a little tangent, but let's get back on track. I was on the pill for seven years and towards the end of my final two years on birth control, I tried, you know, a few different types Um, I tried the Nuva ring, which I did not like. It made me gain weight. And then I went back on the pill and was on a few different types of um, birth control pills. Um, But my favorite was like a low dose. Um, And then fast forward to age 21, age 22, I decided to completely go off of it. And during this time, I was on my health journey. um, And it was honestly kind of just inevitable I was eventually going to get off of it. It's already been, it was already on my mind for a few years. Um, but when I went off of it, I did not do much research on what to do. I was just over it at that point. Um, I'm just surprised that this didn't happen any sooner. But the main thing that scared me was the long-term side effects. I was doing a lot of research and found out it can cause infertility. And, you know, eventually I want to be a mom, so I want to make sure I'm taking all the right steps. So when I decide to have a child, my body is functioning at its optimal level. I just didn't want to get to the age when I, you know, thinking about having a kid and really taking all those steps later on. I really just wanted to be proactive and begin everything now. You know, that was five years ago, six years ago. So when I went off of it, I was like, wow. I felt this huge weight just lifted off of my shoulders. Mentally, I felt better. My mood was stable. I felt clear-headed. But like a cloud was over me for a long time. I had zero motivation and felt fatigued a lot. However, I experienced the worst breakout. And I don't say this to scare anyone. Um, I'll kind of dive into why that happened. Um, but like before I mentioned, the main place I would break out was my back and getting off of birth control was the worst I have ever seen it. It was literally miserable. Um, this is called post-birth control syndrome, and it can occur in the months after stopping birth control. Symptoms include acne, no menstrual period, hair loss, migraines, and more. So all these things are normal. Um, and when getting off the pill, if you are thinking about it, you know issues may arise. What happens is when you're taking something like birth control, it's kind of just masking the issue and is it helping you getting down? It doesn't help you get down to the root of it. So what was happening is the birth control kind of just masked this acne. Um, and once I went off of it, all of those symptoms reappeared. Um, but during this time, I never saw a doctor. So I wasn't exactly sure what I was dealing with. I was honestly kind of just raw dogging the situation and trying to figure things out on my own um but with what i know now i highly recommend finding a functional medicine doctor in your area 
um, to properly look at your levels and kind of see what's going on internally instead of just trying to play this guessing game and trying different things because that's going to take a lot longer. Um, but if you do have the money and if you do have good insurance, I highly recommend doing that. The difficult thing is, is when you see a normal doctor um, and get a blood test, they claim that your hormone levels are normal when they are in abnormal ranges. So because majority are in abnormal ranges, it's labeled as normal. So it's important to find a doctor who is really thorough and is really going to take the time to test your levels properly and um, help you with you know your diet and other things that you can begin to incorporate um, into your lifestyle to help rebalance your hormones and get you on a better track and in a good place. I did lose my period for three months, but oddly, this was something that didn't worry me at all. I just knew this was because I was on birth control for seven years and I went off of it. I think the main thing that really stressed me out was my acne because it was embarrassing. Um, I'm someone who, you know, I, I like to live in a bikini and I like to be out in the sun and I felt like I couldn't really do that. It was really embarrassing for me to have my shirt off or to wear something that was backless where you could see my back. Um, and I just remember talking to my doctor. I was seeing a DO at the time and she was, told me, um, you know, anything that is after, you know, three months, if you haven't gotten your period after three months, um, we'll need to look in, into that. But literally after those three months, my period came back. So I was fine. Um, so I would say, you know, if you're going a lot longer than that without your period, I highly suggest, you know, seeing a doctor, getting that checked out. It's really, really important. But I really just took the time to take care of my body during this time and just really learned how to surrender during the whole process. I had to remind myself I was on the pill for seven years. It's going to take some time for my body to go back to its normal state. This is temporary. This is just a moment in time. And just looking at the bigger picture, I am going to look back on this experience and be so grateful that I did this now and not like, you know, when I wanted to have kids and getting off of birth control and dealing with that whole stress and then also the stress of trying to get pregnant. So I was really doing this for my future self. Um, but my again, like my body has been used to synthetic forms of estrogen and proestrogen. And so what birth control does is it usually stops the body from ovulating. It also changes the cervical mucus to make it difficult for the sperm to go through the cervix and find an egg. Um, it can also prevent pregnancy by changing the lining of the womb. So it's unlikely um, the fertilized egg will be implanted. This information kind of just woke me up because I never actually knew what was doing to my body and you know these hormones are synthetic and this isn't to scare you you know I was on it for a very long time um, I understand why people why women are on it and you know the worries that they have with getting off of it so this isn't to put other people down or to make people feel bad for being on birth control but I just want to spread this knowledge and that this information because we're disrupting the natural process of the body and again like birth control is so normalized doctors pass it out like candy and I don't think that's the right thing to do 
some people need to be on birth control and doctors should be giving it to those who actually need to be on it. So I just want to kind of go over some things that helped me during this time um, when I first went off of birth control officially. So number one thing is diet. So adding in healthy fats and eating enough throughout the day. It's important to eat nutrients, nutrient-dense foods loaded with macronutrients. So that is um, carbs, fat, and protein. Um, so nutrient-dense foods. So think legumes, fattier fish, root veggies, squashes. Focusing on an anti-inflammatory diet. I had inflamed acne. Like my acne was red. It was tender. It was swollen. My back hurt. Like I remember even just laying on my bed was really uncomfortable. So turmeric really saved my life during this time. I was making a lot of yummy Indian dishes and adding curry and turmeric um, into my dishes. Curry is just like a blend and it has turmeric in there, but then I would also add in extra turmeric to get those benefits. I also made a turmeric mask for my skin and I would put this on my back. I put it on literally every other night. Also turmeric does stain, so be careful. Your skin can have a slight yellow tint, but Honestly, I just did not care because it was helping with my acne so much and the inflammation. Um, and after using that mask for about two weeks, my acne went away on my back and it never came back. Also, another great thing is lots of sun. Sunshine plays a role in regulating hormones and sleep patterns by affecting the melatonin circadian rhythm. It's important to get direct sunlight within the first 30 to hour of waking and then I would usually just visualize the sun healing my body. I think the sun has been demonized in my opinion. Of course, it's important to not have too much sun exposure and to protect your skin. But in small amounts and at the right time, the sun can really just help your skin and your mood. And it really helped transform you know, all of those things during that time. And I still try to get my daily sunshine in and it's helped me out a lot. I was also taking adaptogens like ashwagandha and maca every single day. Adaptogens are plants and mushrooms that help your body respond to stress, anxiety, fatigue, and overall well-being. They help bring your body back to homeostasis. So I would add these into my smoothies, into like my teas, you know, my morning drink, whatever I was having that day. Um, you know, you can really just add it to a bunch of different things, but I was making sure I was getting that at least that was I would make sure I was making sure I was getting that um in at least you know once a day. Um but these are just a few things that really helped me during this time. I currently have hit a second wave of dealing with hormone issues. I will open up about this a little bit later on. I don't want to speak too much about it because I'm trying to find a good doctor right now and trying to save up money um to take all of the right steps. Um, to really just get to the root of it and understand what's going on internally. So I cannot stress this enough. Try to find a good doctor if you have tried all the things. I'm kind of in that boat right now. So I'll share about this um, as I begin to figure things out. I'll definitely make a podcast episode on it. Um, but here are some more tips and things that I've been doing recently. I'm going to repeat some of the things that I already said just because I think that they're so important. So sunshine, just talked about this, helps reset your circadian rhythm, which is your biological clock. So going outside first thing in the morning, getting that sunshine in, letting it hit you. It's so important to get that direct sunlight. Obviously, don't stare at the sun, but make sure it's hitting your face. Um, and I would say 
stay out in the sun for like 30 minutes, 10 to 30 minutes. I like to meditate. Sometimes I'll journal, I'll drink my matcha, I'll do whatever, Um, you know, just connecting with the sun. Second tip is trying, I really try my best to switch to non-toxic products. Endocrine disruptors are man-made chemicals that interfere with the body's hormones, known as the endocrine system. So they say that our home is more toxic than the outdoors, and this is because of all the chemicals that are in our products. So think cleaning supplies, makeup, hair products, etc., I highly recommend using the app Think Dirty. You can scan all of your products in the home to you know, see what kind of chemicals um, are in them. And then as time has gone on, I've just made swaps. So you know, swapping my toxic cleaning supplies for non-toxic cleaning supplies. Um, Branch Basics is really great. Switching my makeup to non-toxic. Really just trying to do my best because that is a huge thing that is going to mess up your hormones. And I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I need to throw everything out. Just take it step by step. You know, once you finish a product, find a non-toxic product you can replace it with. And Think Dirty is great. You can literally search any product. So let's say you want to find a non-toxic sunscreen. You can literally just search sunscreens and it'll show you the different um, levels of levels that they're at. They rate it from like a zero to 10, 10 obviously being the worst. So, you know, you can find sunscreens at a zero or a one or a two and kind of just going from there, try not to overwhelm yourself with this. It's taken me, you know, a couple years to swap some products out. So I don't want you to feel bad for having these toxic chemicals in your home. Most of us do. Tip number three, drinking quality water. I have a Berkey filter. Um, Plastic water is a huge no-no. Obviously, if I have no water on hand and the only thing available is buying a plastic water bottle, I'm not going to say no, but I really try to be mindful of what kind of water I'm drinking. Obviously, getting something like a water filter is an investment, but I do think it's worth it. My health comes first personally, so making sure that I'm drinking quality water is really, really important. Tip number four, try to avoid plastic as much as possible. It's definitely something that is hard to avoid since a lot of products are you know, put in plastic, but if you can, try to avoid it. Um, tip number five, Try to buy local produce and organic if you can. Not everything needs to be organic, but if you do have a local farmer's market, I think it's really important to buy local produce. This is the best produce you can get or even try growing it at home. Um, There's a lot of community gardens, so if that's something that you have access to, that's a really great option. It's also just nice to support small businesses, local businesses versus going to the grocery store and always buying your produce from there. There's times, you know, when I don't always make it to the farmer's market, but I have been making that a priority this past year since I do live in LA and they're kind of just everywhere. So try to get in the habit of doing that if you can. Adaptogens like ashwagandha and maca. I've been taking maca a lot more recently. Both of these things are really great for balancing your hormones. And with maca, it helps with libido. So you may see an increase with that. Um, But yeah, do your research on different adaptogens and on ashwagandha and maca. 
Um, I think it's just really fascinating and there are great things to incorporate. So make sure you're getting a good quality brand. Um, you can go on Amazon and kind of just see what's the highest reviews on there. Sun Potion's a great brand, Moon Juice. So those are just a few faves. Um, tip number seven, reducing stress. So really trying to incorporate mindfulness practices. Um, we all deal with stress. I still deal with stress. Even though I meditate, journal, go on my hot girl walks, your girl's still stressed. So just doing things that are going to help ground you and center you. So making it a habit when you find yourself getting a little stressed out, instead of adding more fuel to that fire, take a step back, go on a walk, hang out in nature, go put your feet in some grass, listen to a guided meditation, do some breath work, check in with yourself and see what feels good. I think that's just a really big important thing to incorporate into your life is mindfulness and having practices that are really going to help you bring you back to that state of being present and connecting with yourself and letting these emotions move through you, stress, anxiety. Um, tip number eight, regular walks. I love walking. It helps reduce stress. It's good for your lymphatic system. So there's a lot of benefits to walking. I think it's really underrated, but again, it's going to help with your hormones, which is a huge bonus. Tip number nine is good sleep. Tip number 10 is staying off of electronics an hour before bed slash reducing light exposure. This kind of falls into good sleep. I can honestly do a whole episode on on how to get better sleep. I think it's so important to be on a good sleep track. So try to reduce light exposure. So something that I really like to do is just dimming the lights if I can, lighting some candles at night, really allowing your body to kind of just know, okay, it's time to go to bed because what happens is is when we have something like a computer or a phone or bright lights, we're not producing melatonin. And so when those lights go off, it signals to the body, okay, it's nighttime because it, we are tricked into thinking that it is still sunlight out because of these bright lights. And that's why our day and age deals with a lot of sleep issues on top of other reasons, but definitely really trying to do your best with being off of your phone and reducing that light exposure, maybe getting some blue light glasses. If you find yourself that, if you find yourself on your computer a lot at night or even on your phone, tip number 11, getting in your healthy fats. It is so important for women to get in their healthy fats. Women need more fat than men. So things like avocados, fatty fish, um, seeds, if you are a meat eater, making sure that you're eating quality red meat. Tip number 12 is protein with every meal. Getting in protein with every meal can help your hormones function optimally. So getting things in like plant-based proteins, nuts, seeds, legumes, which include lentils, chickpeas, black beans, all of the beans. Um, if you are a fish eater, fish, I recommend a fatty fish like salmon. Um, chicken, eggs, 
whatever protein you like, just really make sure that you're getting a quality protein. And I think adding in a variety of different proteins. So plant-based proteins, proteins mixed with animal proteins as well. Tip number 13 is reduce sugar intake. Refined sugar is also known for stressing your adrenal glands, which help regulate cortisol, the stress hormone, and aldosterone, which controls your blood pressure and your thyroid, which secretes hormones responsible for maintaining your metabolism, cognitive function, and body temperature. Tip number 14 is to reduce alcohol intake. The liver processes alcohol as it would a poison. It gets prioritized over all of all the other jobs. The liver uses nutrients to process toxins through two key phases. So phase one is oxidation, which breaks down toxins into less harmful substances. And it needs um, nutrients like magnesium, iron, copper, amino acids, B vitamin, B vitamins, zinc, antioxidants. And phase two is conjugation. And the goal here is to combine toxins with other substances and send out through detox pathways. So things that it needs during this is vitamin B6 and B12, folate, amino acids, and sulfur, which is found in foods like onions and eggs. So these nutrients are used for other jobs too such as breaking down hormones, converting thyroid hormone. And I'm not sharing this to make you scared of alcohol. I just want you to be more mindful of how much alcohol that you're consuming. I think consuming um, a balanced amount of alcohol, you know, having a glass or two here or there, um, your body's going to have no problem with, you know, digesting that, processing that. Like it's going to be okay and safe for the liver. However, just over consuming it for our liver won't be able to, you know, help if we have excess estrogen in the body because it's focusing on getting rid of other toxins like alcohol. Tip number 15 is reduce caffeine intake. Try not to drink coffee past 12 p.m. I personally have switched over to mainly matcha. I've just found that coffee can be a lot. It gives me a lot of anxiety and can just stress out the body. But if you are a coffee drinker, really try to avoid drinking coffee on an empty stomach. It's probably one of the worst things that you can do for your body um, when you are trying to balance your hormones. So have a little snack. If you're not a big morning eater, try to eat like half a banana, have a little bit of yogurt, and then have your coffee. Tip number 16, I'm going to give you some supplements that are really great. Magnesium, zinc, B-complex. I already went over adaptogens. That's another great thing. But those three things are really awesome. And then tip number 17 is know where you're at during your cycle. This one is huge. Being in touch with my cycle has been one of the most powerful things. I understand my body. I understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I feel more in my feminine. I know when it's a good time to turn inward. I know when it's a good time to be more social and outgoing. I truly have gained so much since getting off of birth control. So let's talk about this because I feel like this is not talked about enough. We have four different phases during our 28-day cycle. And a great way to think about this is the four seasons of your menstrual cycle. I've actually heard a lot of people explain it this way and I think it's so tangible and makes sense. So 
Phase number one is winter. Think menstrual. It's your bleeding time. Your energy is at your lowest. You feel introverted and introspective. You're bleeding, so you may be dealing with cramps. So it's a great time to stay in and cozy up and warm up the body. It's so important to keep your body warm during your period. It's going to help a ton with cramps. So wear, you know, sweats, a sweatshirt, have socks on, eat more warm grounding foods, take a warm bath, have a heating pad over you or a hot water bottle to help with those cramps. So all this is really going to help. Phase number two is spring. So this is the follicular phase. I have such a hard time saying that word. I don't know why. So excuse me. Um, But you just got done with your period. You're feeling good. You're feeling energized. You're like, wow, I feel a little bit more clear headed, not as emotional. Um, So you feel more confident and power and powerful and you're willing to take risks. Um, phase number three is summer. So this is ovulation. You feel the sexiest, most confident during this time. So think about summer. You want to be out and social. You may even want to wear more provocative clothes. You want to show more skin. You know, you're feeling good. You're feeling confident. You're feeling yourself because this is the time when you can get pregnant. So you're like, hey, look at me. You know, this is my body. Um, We might be wearing a low-cut shirt. It's funny when I'm wearing something a little bit more provocative. My boyfriend's like, are you ovulating right now? And 99% of the time I am, which is so funny. Um, We unintentionally do this. It's just so innate within us, which I find so interesting. Um, But also during this time, your breasts are most perky and your skin glows. And then phase four is fall. This is the luteal phase. So things are shedding, like the leaves, your emotions, you have more mood swings, anxiety, you know, you're a little bit more irritable. Really not a good time to make big decisions and you can feel a bit irrational. There's been times where I've been, you know, in my luteal phase and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I need to change my whole life around and... I like want to make all these like big decisions based off of my emotions and how I'm feeling. And then I have to remind myself like this is all hormonal. This moment's going to pass. So the things that I'm feeling and the things that I'm, you know, thinking during this time, just take it with a grain of salt. I'm a little bit emotional during this time. And we have to remind ourselves that. So that's why it's really great to understand where you're at during your cycle because then you'll kind of understand why you feel and think the way that you do. My appetite during my luteal phase, I want to eat so much before my period and then my period hits and, you know, I'm not hungry and it's, you know, hard for me to even have an appetite, especially if I'm dealing with really bad cramps. Um, So this time is a big time um, for just eating and really just honoring that. It's something that I honor and something that I love. Um, so feel that appetite. But I highly recommend down- downloading my flow to get to know your cycle better. It has changed my life and I feel so much more connected to my body. And they go over the different phases. They talk about um, you know great exercises that you can do during this time, foods to eat, Um, where your hormone levels are at. So it's really fascinating and interesting. They give you a lot of information. Um, It's just overall a great app. But I want to talk about 
ovulation for a second. I know many women are on birth control to avoid pregnancy. And I just want to note, getting pregnant is a lot harder than you think. Our fertile window, which refers to the time it's possible to get pregnant, um, you know, we tip in a typical menstrual cycle of 28 days, there's around six days when you are most fertile, five days leading up to ovulation through one day afterwards. I want to make it clear it is possible to get pregnant outside of your predicted fertile window because timing of occupation may differ each month and sperm lives in the body for several days. So please do more research on this and learn more about your cycle. However, I think the wrong message is being spread. So many women are on birth control out of fear. Many of us think we can get pregnant at any time. And this is not true. It really just depends on where we're at, um, you know, in our cycle, you know, what's going on. And many women who are trying to get pregnant track their cycle to know when they're ovulating. So you can also use it to avoid getting pregnant. Another point I really want to stress is, you know, obviously practice safe sex. I'm not saying have unprotected sex and, you know, do whatever you want. And you don't have to think about anything if you know you're not ovulating. Please be safe about it. Be smart about it. I'm in a relationship and I choose to use condoms because that just makes me feel safer. I don't have to worry about anything. So again, be smart. And I'm not here to promote uh, unprotected sex. Obviously, there's things like STDs that you can catch as well. So let's just take care of everything down there. Let's make smart decisions. I think the biggest thing that I would encourage you to do you know, great place to start is getting to know your cycle better, knowing where you're at during your cycle, the different phases and getting more in touch and in tune with your body. I think that it's so important to understand where you're at, but let's go back into ovulation because it's an important topic. There's many things that you can do to know if you actually are ovulating. I just don't look at my app and say, okay, it says that I'm, you know, most fertile this day, so I'm going to believe that. Um, they have things like ovulation strips, which I personally like to use. I will link them in the show notes. You can also take your temperature. With this, you want to take it right when you wake up. There's a slight temperature difference um, when you're ovulating versus when you're not. You can check your discharge. So I want you to do a little bit of research. That's the homework assignment that I'm giving you because it's really important to know these things. And also when you're ovulating, you'll tend to feel cramps, like period cramps, and that's the egg releasing. So I found that to be really interesting because I would cramp during ovulation. I'm like, wait, I'm so confused. Like, am I going to get my period? I'm like, no, I'm ovulating. I was like, oh, it makes sense. The egg is releasing. So you'll become more in tune with your body and you'll understand... Um, what's happening and I know when I feel those cramps I'm like okay today is the day your girl is fertile so I will go take my test my ovulation strip and I'll take my test and I'll save it's high or low and then I'll add it to the app um, the pre-mom app and it'll you know begin to track everything for me but I also like to take the ovulation strips you know during that whole week that I'm ovulating to see where my levels are at and I just do this for, you know, my own personal information. I just think this is, this stuff's really interesting. Um, but again, MyFlow is a great source of information. If you want to learn more about this topic, they also have an amazing book. I recommend just doing your own research 
and honestly going with what feels right. I remember learning about this years ago and I still decided to stay on birth control. It took me a few years to track my cycle and to, you know, understand when I was ovulating and taking the proactive steps like the ovulation strips and, um, you know, taking your temperature, checking your discharge. I didn't really care about that, but I've started taking this more seriously throughout the years. Um, So again, like if this doesn't feel aligned right now, then that's fine. I'm not here to pressure you into doing what I'm doing. I just want to show you that there are options and we're not taught any of this. And I wish that this was talked about more. That's my little rant on what I like to do personally. I suggest even searching on YouTube what other women like to do. I think it's good to hear what has been successful for other women. We are all so unique and different and the way that I do things may not align with you. So find what's going to be best for you. I'll also link a few different people down below that I like to follow that talks that talk about um, not even just uh, our cycle, but hormones and how to balance them. And so all of that will be in the show notes, but let's switch gears for a little bit. I just want to share that my hormone journey has not been perfect. I'm currently, you know, facing some issues right now. I've been dealing with ovarian cysts and body acne. The past couple of months, I've been dealing with just some vaginal issues as well. So It's been quite the journey and I'm trying to navigate the space and figure out what works for me. And this is always changing. You know, I always talk about this. Our body's constantly changing. So our needs are going to be changing too. What worked for us yesterday or last month or a year ago may not work for us today right now. So we have to stay up to date with our body and find different things that are going to help support it. I will open up more about the things that I'm currently working through when I actually know what the root cause is and what herbs and practices and so forth are responding well to my body. I've been able to find a few great things that have helped me. So when the time feels right, I'll definitely make a podcast episode um, specifically on hormone health and what has helped heal me. But I really don't view all of these things that are happening as bad. I just view it as information And that's the beautiful thing about our body. It's constantly sending us information. Acne, it's information. Where our mood is at, you know, if we're all of a sudden feeling more anxious or if we're feeling more, you know, stressed. All of that is information and it's what we do with that information. Are we going to mask it or are we actually going to look at it and try to find a solution? So, All of this is surfacing, you know, to tell me that there's something going on internally and it's time to get to the root of the issue. That is what I've learned with getting off of birth control. So many women are scared to go off of it because their issues may come back. Birth control is just masking the issue and you will eventually have to face, you know, those things one day when you do go off of it. So view it as a form of empowerment. You get to be in control of your body. You get to discover what works best for your hormones. There's definitely a sense of disconnect when you're on it. Being off of it really allows you to notice everything that is happening. Like the thing that I mentioned with the ovulation, I never felt that when I was on birth control. You will get to experience those cramps. You will feel when the egg is releasing, which I think is so cool and fascinating. So if you're nervous to get off of it, you know, don't be scared because it really has changed my life for the best. And I know so many women, you know, say the same thing 
if you are someone that has to be on birth control for whatever reason, you know, I'm not here to pressure you to get off of it. But again, just to open up the conversation. But getting off of it has allowed me to become more curious about my body and, you know, why I'm breaking out or, you know, why I'm feeling low energy. It's because I'm going through this phase of my cycle. You really become more in tune with yourself and it helps you understand that each week we are going to feel different and it is okay and this is normal. Men have a 24-hour cycle. Women have a 28-day cycle, which is why we tend to experience more hormonal issues. Our hormones are changing so much throughout the month. So all these ups and downs that we are experiencing, super, super normal. And when you learn how to understand that on a deeper level, and if you learn how to optimize your cycle and work with it, it's game over. Like you are in it. You understand your body. And I think that is such a power move and something that is not talked about enough. That is it for to today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I know that this conversation is not done. I will be talking about hormone health and other things around, you know, our cycle and things to help you um, optimize your cycle all of that good stuff. There's more to come, but I thought that this would be a good place to start kind of just sharing my birth control journey, why I went on it, why I went off of it, and what has helped me. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode.